0: Hello, Canada. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is August 15th, 2021. It is Tony in Saskatchewan, and I love taking Lewis's money.
1: Okay, Uh, this is Lewis out in BC, and uh, I just want to breathe clean air again.
0: You know, I had I got to do that yesterday. It was nice and clear, and then I woke up this morning and we're back in the forest fire haze. So uh, yes. I got one day. Well,
1: out here in BC, it's not a good. It's not a good. Uh, it's not a good time. There's Matt. Like um, multiple towns are being evacuated. Um, I know in Logan Lake, uh, which is. Um. It kind of right in the center of southern BC, like in the southern half of BC, and it's it's a it's a small town of of about thirty five hundred people. But the entire town's been evacuated, and uh, as of right now, I don't know if the town itself is on fire or not. But uh, last night, the video coming out of uh, out of Logan Lake was showing. Um, that the town, that the fire was just, it was less than a kilometer from town. And, uh, uh, there's video that I just saw this morning, um, that maybe after the show here, we can share it to our, uh, uh, to our Facebook page. Um, and it's of, uh, the the fire retardant bombers dropping fire retardant on the town itself. Oh, my! So, yeah, it's, it's bad. Like, um, uh, my, my parents are from, uh, or they live in Merritt, which is, which is, uh, a town of about 8,000 people. And, um, they're com- almost completely surrounded by fires and they're, they're, uh, they've gotten ready. They've already taken their, their trailer down to my sister's place down on the coast. And they're, they're uh, they've got everything that is not replaceable, already loaded up and ready to go, and they're just they're just waiting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's bad here. It's really bad.
0: Yeah. And, that was-
1: uh, and our lovely premier John Horgan has decided to that it that this was the time to to post photos on his uh, on his social media of him playing Frisbee. Uh, while while his province is burning down,
0: I saw that
1: deaf. a little tone deaf premier.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, and, but I saw at least he was wearing his mask and social distancing while outdoors, even though he's vaccinated. That was uh, very yeah, very welcome. Yeah, got
1: gotta have the theater going
0: too at the same
1: time, right? I mean, the,
0: and the other thing is
1: the 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 government of BC sent out a a social media post as well that said forest fire season is scary and that's okay. While Logan Lake was being evacuated.
0: Wow. Speaking of tone deaf. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This, this government may have handled the first three waves of COVID pretty good, like probably the best in the country, but they're sure as hell not handling this forest fire season very well. We haven't heard from our premier in like I think the middle of I think the middle of June or the end of June, we haven't heard from him at all. Like it's it's unbelievable. He just has disappeared off the face of the earth when the forest fires all started. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's ridiculous! Now, was it you who had sent me that
1: picture of uh, all
0: this, this flying into Kelowna and there's the plume of smoke in, in the atmosphere? Was that you that sent that picture to me? Yeah, it was a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah man that that was telling enough. I mean, the uh, plane is flying above the clouds, and then there's a cloud of smoke above the clouds. Yeah, it's
1: it's uh, it's it's apocalyptic looking.
0: Yeah, no kidding. So. Yeah, if, uh,
1: and if, maybe we can save, share that to the, uh, to the Facebook page as well. Our listeners yeah. can have a look at that because if you're not from B.C., you have no idea what this province is going through right now. Like, if there's fires, like the forest fires that are threatening the town that my parents live in have been burning for over a month. We can't get them under control. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> All right, so... so- on the show today, Canada votes, Canada is broke, Canada is broken, Canada is breaking the climate, and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's leave
1: the obvious to last, because Trudeau uh, may make an appearance before the show is even over. So let's uh, let's start with... Um, the parliamentary budget officer, uh, his his
0: uh, uh, recent report. Absolutely. Canada is broke. Um, that's not what he titled his report, but he should have. Now, normally bureaucrats are usually under the radar, but he's your who is the parliamentary budget officer in Canada, is actually a, a guy I respect a lot. He's actually out on the, he does the media. He's afraid to tell it like it is it is late. It is Canada is broke, ladies and gentlemen. On Canada's federal uh, current spending trends, there's no chance for a balanced budget until 2070. And that's not bad enough. Seven of ten provinces are not currently fiscally sustainable. And one of the provinces that is is Ontario, even though Ontario, on its current spending track, will not see a balanced budget until twenty fifty eight. Oh, I uh, I would say that, yeah, if that's if that's our the stable provinces. We're screwed, We
1: are screwed. Well, I mean though the number sounds very scary like the the date um i can't i can't really take it all that seriously and the reason i say that is because when was the last time most of these governments even had balanced budgets anyway i mean the the governments of the governments in this country have been spending like like sailors on on shore leave for God, for decades, I mean, the, the only time the federal government has had balanced budgets was uh, they had, what, two under Stephen Harper, they had a, a handful under Jean Chrétien, which was not, they weren't real balanced budgets, they were, uh, they raided the EI fund to be able to do it, um, and offloaded uh, cost uh, expenditure responsibilities to the provinces, and um, so i mean when was the last time we actually had balanced budgets i mean it's it's been a long time so i i don't i don't really take these these numbers seriously because um anybody with half a brain would never expect them to have balanced budgets ever
0: well, that's a good point. I, I'm actually just was trying to think. That I'm not sure if Brian Mulrooney brought us balanced budgets or not. And it's hard for me to, to think before that time. So maybe you're on track there. And I thought, well, there's probably some COVID spending in these current budgets that are going to do the numbers somewhat. But fiscal conservative that I am, I, I just pisses me off when governments especially can't live within their means when we the people have to live within our means yeah
1: and, and I mean it's I'm a fiscal conservative as well right I mean uh, I'm one of those politically homeless people where I'm fiscally conservative but socially um, how do I put this I don't care um, I right. don't care if if you are whatever I, I, I just whatever you do whatever you want to do just as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else and which makes me more of a libertarian, I guess. But um, I, I'm a fiscal conservative, so I, I just I want to see governments be responsible with our money. Um, I just don't expect it because it's never happened.
0: On the federal level, you're right. Um, what alarmed me was the whole idea of, if our current spending track, there would be no balanced budget till 2070. I would be damn near 100 years old when that happens, so uh, I, mean, I wouldn't see it in my lifetime, and that that bothers the hell out of me because, of course, I have kids. Eventually, I'll have grandkids, and if they're still going to be fighting to balance our books, uh, we're going to be in trouble oh no, we're already in trouble I mean
1: it's it's getting to the point where um i believe the parliamentary budget officers report said that uh 10 cents out of every tax dollar is going to be used to service the debt
0: that's right yeah and that's just uh, making interest payments canada
1: yeah that's just the in- interest payments so 10 cents out of every tax dollar is going to go to paying the interest well it's something like six cents of every uh, or yeah six well no 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 I can't remember what it is but it's it's a, it's a quite a high number of every tax dollar that just goes to paying bureaucrats and and civil servants wages and and uh, and and um uh pensions I mean I mean well, it's, there, there's not you would be surprised at how little of our tax dollars actually, go to the actual uh, service that you're, that you want the government to provide.
0: Yeah. Well, it has to be high. because um, Canada. If you listen to my latest rant a few days ago, when I'd mentioned there are 380,000 federal civil servants and Justin Trudeau has grown that workforce by 10,000 per year, since he's been in, in office, that, yeah, I mean they're all making a pretty good wage. So if you start running the numbers and start factoring in how much their their benefits are all of us, then it, yeah, you're 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 right. It's going to be a, a cent or two on every dollar we this government spends.
1: Yeah, and and I mean it's it's not insignificant. I mean, like this is like since when should the federal government be the number one employer in the country? I mean yeah, it's this it, it's insane. Uh, the government should not be the number one employer in the country because, I mean, think about this. It's a, it's a, a circle of diminishing returns. But 300, almost 400,000 federal government employees that are paid by tax dollars, but they, and then they pay income tax on their money, but, and that money goes back into the government kitty to pay them again. But every time it does that, it gets smaller. That little that little bit gets smaller and smaller and smaller because it's getting taxed. And so the money that, that is actually paying their wages is coming from those of us who don't work for the federal government. And, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. And, it, and it's coming out of our paychecks like it's it's absolutely ridiculous like the other like I was talking to a friend last night about uh, CERB and CRB recipients because they're they'd rather stay at home than, than go back to work because they're getting all this free money and it's like it pisses me right off because I'm out there working. I never took a day off. I mean my employees, I've never taken a day off through all of this. We've been working through all this crap over the past year and a half. And so our tax dollars are supporting these yahoos who won't, who refuse to leave their house to go to work. And it just pisses me off. Like I, I, it's, it's something that, that like that program just has to end. It's got to end. Because it's just not fair to those of us who are working. Because all, most of those people can go to work. There are jobs everywhere. Everywhere. There are. You, you can't throw a cat in any town in this country without hitting at least
0: four or five help wanted signs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, um, we discussed this on a previous show, and then there was an article I saw, I think it was the National Post, talking about that very thing. That it, uh, you know, employers across Canada are frustrated because they can't find staff. And it's obvious to people like us when we look around and say, well, hello, the government's throwing." quote-unquote free money around actually it's not a quote-unquote free money it is free money because they've already said if you didn't qualify don't worry about it you don't have to pay it back so it is free money around so no wonder some people are taking it but people don't understand or i mean i shouldn't say people those people don't understand there's actually dignity in earning your own living people go ahead and get some dignity
1: yeah well it's you know these people that, that are that are not getting jobs right now a lot of them aren't getting jobs because they're they're depressed but they're depressed because they don't have a job because yeah, it's vicious a vicious cycle it's a vicious cycle right and it's like i'm just i it, it's just um i mean uh, and, and during all this with all this pressure and and everything like uh, uh, on small businesses because we can't get employees. The BC government decides, oh, this is the time to make mandatory paid sick leave uh, law.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: yeah, yeah. Like um, I, I'm sick to death of governments making doing business more and more and more expensive like every time they make something like this law that money comes out of my pocket i get paid less even though i'm the one who lives and breathes my company 24 hours a day seven days a week i'm the one who doesn't sleep when revenues are down i'm the one who doesn't get paid if one of my employees uh, makes a mistake and it costs the company money. I'm the one who doesn't get paid. Yeah, and yet, that's right. And yet, they, and yet they think it's all right to make doing business even more expensive for me. Well, you can take that and go to hell. I'm I'm so sick and tired of this.
0: Oh, absolutely right. And uh, just to wrap up our Canada's Broke segment, um, we discussed on the show months ago <laughs> in Finland, is on the brink of bankruptcy right now but of course they still couldn't bring in a balanced budget even though they're on the brink of bankruptcy because of our equalization formula to which newfoundland pays in and we're going to discuss that in next segment coming up about canada is broken because you've got newfoundland on the literally on the brink of bankruptcy alberta in the worst debt crisis that's ever been in and well Here we go. Canada is broken, ladies and gentlemen. The Alberta government is actually going to be putting equalization onto a referendum question on their civic elections on October 15th, and Justin decided we're going to take the equalization money that Alberta, Newfoundland, Saskatchewan, and British Columbia all pay in, and we're going to run around the country just before an election call, and we're going to spend – money on the national child care program and this is what absolutely drove me nuts because uh you all know of canada i was born and raised in alberta now quebec got handed six billion dollars for a child care program with no strings attached because they already have their own subsidized care program in place i don't care alberta asked for the same deal and said yeah you know what we've got a Sort of a public private partnership system here in Alberta, and we want some childcare care money with no strength attached. Now, Ahmed Hussein, minister, of, I don't even care, who's stolen money, has said to Alberta, Oh, yes, oh, don't worry, We're, we are treating all provinces equally. So Alberta said, Okay, then give us some money, strength attached, like you did Quebec and he said oh no we can't do that no nope, not for you alberta that's just a quebec deal so much for treating provinces fairly jerk yeah
1: and and it's it's ridiculous i mean let me let's be real i mean governments should not be instituting new programs like this if they're already running deficits it just shouldn't you just shouldn't be doing it you don't have enough money for the programs you got now Why are you implementing brand new programs that are going to cost you even more money and you don't have enough money for the programs you've already got? And, I mean, Alberta, what? I mean, yeah, I I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand. I I, Okay, let me rephrase that. I totally understand why Alberta didn't get the money. And it's because the Liberals have no chance of winning a seat there. That's what this comes down to, period. Totally. No question about it. That's what this is about they will not win a seat there so they're not getting the money the, the liberals desperately need more seats in quebec so that's where the money went and that's the only place that they have a real chance of even increasing their seats so it, the now the that no strings attached for those of you who don't know does not mean that it has to go to child care um, but they're allowed to spend it any way they want on child care no what it means is we're giving you this money for child care but if you decide to spend it on a whole bunch of used cars you can do that
0: good point yeah that's exactly that that is that it is it exactly and uh now hussain in his zeal to show exactly how progressive and left wing this government really is had said to uh to alberta and saskatchewan who, they, who they've got a tentative deal with now that this money for child care must be spent on either government childcare spaces or on nonprofit sector childcare spaces. And there has to be a certain wage minimum guaranteed before any of this money flows. So, um, what they're saying is we want complete control of your daycare spaces, but you guys can run it like, uh, go to hell, Mr. Go to hell. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. I mean, um, it, it has to go to government-run uh, um, daycare centers, or it has to go to nonprofit. Like, what the hell is profit? Is profit making a profit illegal
0: now? It's gonna be. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm fully expecting that to happen in one day. Like, yeah, because it, uh, profit is a swear word. Just ask Drag Me
1: sing. Oh, I don't even want to talk about Jack. Neeson. I mean, I mean just—I mean, the guy. The, the, now they're expecting their first child. I mean, I, like the, the the poor kid. I mean, he's going to grow up with a warped sense of how this world operates because his father has a warped sense of how this world operates. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that, he doesn't have a chance. That kid does not have a chance. He or she, sorry, or it, I, or them, they, them.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be a girl, so it'll be a okay. she, she won't have a it's, chance. It's,
1: it's gonna be a no, no. There is
0: no such
1: thing as gender.
0: That is a right? social
1: construct.
0: What the hell's wrong with me, my colonial is, patriarch that I am? That child
1: will be a they them and uh and that's final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and and let's be real, I mean Alberta Alberta's having I mean, you, you and I both lived in Alberta during the Ralph Klein years, and though we had our issues with Ralph Klein, I mean, let's be real. Ralph Klein got that province out of debt. When we were living there, it was debt-free. Debt-free. Yeah. Alberta was the only jurisdiction in the entire, I, I think on the entire continent uh, uh, outside of maybe Alaska that That was debt free and they were sending checks to their citizens every, uh, every quarter or every year. I can't remember that um, because they were, they had a surplus of money and instead of spending it, they gave it back to us. And now Alberta is, I believe they have the worst they're in the worst debt crisis they've ever been in they are yep i mean this is it's it's unbelievable that was that was 20 years ago
0: yeah it didn't take long and uh i mean yes they had an economic downturn but the rachel notley government absolutely decimated that that, that economy exploded the debt
1: well i mean let's be let's be real it started well before notley
0: um,
1: it did yeah it, it started uh, It started with, um, was it Jim Prentice? I mean, it, was, it, it did. was... Yeah, it started with Jim Prentice right after, you know... Um, Actually,
0: no, I'm sorry. It was Alison Redford who came in shortly after Klein, and she, oh, that's she right. started the... That's right.
1: Yeah, Alison yeah. Redford. But she wasn't a conservative.
0: I mean... Not she, at all.
1: She was a hard-left liberal, possibly even an NDPer in sheep's clothing. I mean, she, she was a... Tax and spend liberal, uh, more so the spend. Um, but she, I mean, she she was she got in there because the teachers union supported her, and then she repaid them when she when she got into office, and exactly. and then and then she ended up doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like having a penthouse suite built for herself and and all kinds of things on taxpayer dollars. So um, she was not a conservative. And, uh-huh. um, um, I mean, it, it, it all went to hell after after Ralph Klein left office. It just went to hell.
0: Yep, that's right. And, uh, well, speaking of going to hell, uh, Justin Trudeau decided to pull a jean and governed by press conference. And he was a vaccine team in September. Canadians will require vaccine passports for travel and all federal employees and listen to this part, Canada, all employees in federally regulated industries, cross border trucking being one of them, I'm guessing will have to be vaccinated
1: mandatory. Yeah, that's uh that's becoming a BC uh, requirement as well. British Columbia government, every, um, every uh every employee in the healthcare industry must be vaccinated or they lose their job. Uh, Oh my God. And, but here's the kicker that includes people who have nothing to do with healthcare, but are employees of the healthcare uh, health authorities. So like such as um, a groundskeeper who has, who has, who works, who is, who is employed by um, the health authority. To look after, you know, mowing the lawns and fixing the irrigation and weeding right. the the flower beds and such, they have to be that. That's mandatory that they have to be vaccinated as well. Oh my god, it, it's the, and they're and they're making um, like this whole vaccine passport thing. It's it's really bugs me and. Um, I mean, I understand why some people think it's a good idea, but if you look at what's going on, and I'm, my point of reference is BC because that's where I live, if you look at what's going on in BC right now, yeah, our, our cases, our daily cases are triple what they were like a month ago or, or six weeks ago or something. Um, but our deaths per day are down from a month ago or a month and a half ago. Like we're like I think we've had four people in the last eight days die in BC. Like it's there's it, it's uh most like half the days are right now, it's like zero people dead, one person dead, zero people dead, one person dead. It's like um the the COVID deaths are down well below any of the other leading causes of death. Way down the list now. Way down the list. But The media and the politicians are freaking out and making it sound like we're in the middle of another wave, which they've actually now said we are officially in the fourth wave. And I think they need to tell the hospitals that because they don't have any patients with COVID. And they don't know that we're in the middle of a fourth wave. I have friends in the healthcare industry, nurses, ICU nurses, and stuff, and such. And and they're saying, "Well, well, if we're in the middle of a fourth wave, where the hell is everybody?"
0: Well, that's just it. And uh, because, I mean, high rates of vaccination, or maybe the the Indian variant is just not quite as potent. But case numbers are case numbers are up. But the deaths and hospitalizations are way down. Now, before we move on to our next topic here, I want to point out, Kenny, a year and a half ago, Louis mentioned on our show this crazy idea that uh, when this is over, Canadians were going to be forced to show proof of vaccination before they'd be allowed to travel. And what what, what did they call you when you said that, Louis? I can't remember now.
1: Uh, a conspiracy theorist and an alarmist.
0: Right, that's right. You were a conspiracy theorist for suggesting that we would have to show proof of vaccination for such silly things as crossing the border, or if you're in Quebec, going to a restaurant, or going grocery shopping, or going to a concert. That's that's right. If you want to go grocery shopping as of September in Quebec, you better show your papers. You're still a conspiracy theorist? That is unbelievable. I mean,
1: if you look at and, and if
0: you, have you seen the
1: videos in France of the police, of the police approaching uh, people who are dining and asking for their vaccine passports?
0: Yeah, ridiculous. Right in the middle of eating in a
1: restaurant, they're coming in and they're asking every diner for their for their papers to, to, to for proof that they're allowed to be there
0: yeah that's 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 gone way too far it's just ridiculous and of course because Quebec's doing it you know it's going to going to spread across the country because when Quebec sneezes Canada catches the cold
1: yeah I mean this is this is insane I mean like they've, they've said that the the vaccine passports are going to apply to anyone who flies anyone who goes on a train um I think it's been suggested that anybody who goes to a concert or to oh, yeah. Uh, or to a hockey game or a football game is going to have to provide. There is going to have to provide their papers. You know that. Like, what kind of tyrannical, authoritarian, dictatorship do are we living in now?
0: Yep, and when, when we are living in Canada in Winnipeg. Even though you have to show your vaccine passport to get into a bomb, Blue Bombers game or a Winnipeg Jets game when the hockey season starts, they still. Are going to wear a mask, even though you're fully vaccinated. Like it's just this is insanity.
1: Unbelievable! Unbelievable.
0: Why did you get vaccinated? How did exactly. you get vaccinated? Yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. And then I mean,
1: uh, I mean, they told us they told us if you get vaccinated, everything goes back to normal. Well, I got vaccinated. <laughs> Crap has not gone back to normal. No, that's right. I think it's like 81% of Canadians have their first shot. Over 70% have both shots. And things are not back to normal. We are being told that mask mandates are coming back. I mean, this is BS. If the vaccine works, let us go back to normal. If it doesn't work, why are they making it mandatory?
0: See, that's exactly it. Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, in a, in a shot, I was actually waiting for clinical trials to start for Veto. I'm getting a little ticked that they haven't because now I know I'm going to have to get a shot, even if it isn't mandatory. I'm going to need it even if I want to travel or, well, pretty soon, go shopping. And it's, uh, I mean, you've made this reference before, and people have said, said you, were, you were over the top. What did Nazi Germany do? Show me your papers. You're not over well, the top anymore, Lewis. Yeah, no, it's... It,
1: it's. This is the thing. When, when Nazi Germany... When the Nazis were... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that what's happening here is the same as what Hitler did. But a lot of the tactics being used are the same as the tactics that were used in Nazi Germany. I'm not saying they're going to round people up and shoot them or send them to concentration camps although I sure as hell would not be surprised if that, that happens at this point the, the uh, uh, what happened in Nazi Germany was I mean they had checkpoints you had to show your papers to prove that you were a legitimate and I use that in air quotes legitimate German citizen and your your movements were severely curtailed and you were under constant threat of violence if you stepped out of line. And that's what's happening well, here. We are. I mean, I'm not... And, and the the level of violence is a little different right now because in Nazi Germany, they would just shoot you. Um, but here, the level of violence that I'm talking about is... Uh, it's starting right now as, you know, um, it's the, it's the opposition of, uh, of people like, I mean, we've seen it on social media where they're saying like that, uh, the unvaccinated should be, um, threatened and their lives made a living hell until they get their vaccine do whatever we have to do to force them to get those vaccines and I mean because if you're forcing people to get a needle when they don't want it that's violence yep that's right The, the threat of prosecution is violence and I say that because if you refuse to be arrested they'll shoot you they use guns the police come with weapons, and if you don't obey, there's violence. The threat of violence is hanging over everyone's head that is not vaccinated at this point. I am vaccinated. I'm a, I'm double-vaxxed, but now they're telling me I might have to get a third shot or a booster shot every six months. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. You, I was told that if I got two shots, everything was to go back to normal.
0: Well, yeah, that's now right. I, now,
1: I'm, now I'm being told I'm going to have to have booster shots every six months. Well, go to hell.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right, we've got, we've got about 10 minutes to go here. So I think maybe we'll skip over Canada's break. Actually, you know what? We'll, we can cover that one pretty quickly. the ever so reliable international panel on climate change and boy, do I use that term loosely when I say reliable the IPPC or IPCC which is a division of the United Nations just to tell you how corrupt it is before I even start has said that in other countries except China not China But the rest of the world is burning too much fossil fuels and the world is close to, quote, runaway warning. And we have to stop using fossil fuels right now or the planet is doomed, doomed, I tell you.
1: Haven't they been saying that since 1990?
0: Oh, God, I'm I'm sure even before that. I went to high school in the late 80s.
1: the, the, The first IPCC report came out in 1990. And I believe that
0: okay, yeah.
1: And I believe that they ever since that very first report, they've been saying we are two years away from from out of like runaway global warming. Like, if we don't change right now, like we've got two years to make a change. And I I think it's said that in every single report since nineteen ninety. Well, what is it? Which is it? Is it two years away, or have we already passed it? Because I like I, I I I don't understand. How can we always be two years away?
0: No, exactly. And uh, I'll just wrap this up, this segment up anyway, by um, giving Jason Kenny a huge pat on the back. There was a video that came out of a press conference where a reporter asked him about this report and just said, you know, isn't it irresponsible to continue developing your you know, petroleum products and whatnot? Jason Kenney, very calmly actually, just said to this reporter, well, if you factor in everything that you're using to record this press conference right now has some component of petroleum product. And he listed it off everything this lady had, her microphone, her, her cell phone, her handbag, the, and all the equipment And he said, you know, these all have this plastic component or this such and such component, all of which are utilizing fossil fuels. So he said, if you want to run an industrial economy, you're not going to do it by living in mud huts and burning wood for fuel. And I hate using this expression, but he owned her with, uh, with his response. He was so calm and I just thought Jason Kenny got his groove back. I mean, that was, that was fantastic. I actually stood up and applauded, even though I was the only guy in the room. It was well, amazing. You,
1: yeah. You and I have been pretty critical of Jason Kenny over the past couple years. And, um, and rightly so. But I will say that there is not a single premier in this province that fights harder for his province than, than Jason Kenney. He might not do it the way we would like, but he, but nobody fights harder. Nobody That's right. Harder. Nobody defends their province more than him.
0: Yeah, so I was uh, I was really happy on that one. And you know, let's do a quick wrap on this segment by uh, mentioning that Canada, Justin Trudeau has announced a couple of months ago that Canada is going to ban the use of internal combustion engines in cars and light trucks by 2035. Huh. Yeah, well, that's right around the corner, Canada.
1: Yeah, well, that's right in
0: line with California
1: and uh, I believe England and France and and all that. I mean, that 2035 date is is kind of the universal date around the world that countries that have announced this are using um i all i'm gonna say is if you want if you want a really really good investment go buy a classic muscle car or a high performance bmw or cadillac v series or 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 mustang or camaro or something just go buy one and sit on it for the for twenty years and you're gonna have you're gonna have a priceless uh investment. Like those those things are gonna skyrocket in value when only electric cars are
0: being sold. That's a good point. Okay, all right, Canada. We've got just enough time we can jump on this one. Canada votes! As we record this show, Justin Trudeau is actually at Rideau Hall, meeting with Governor General Simon, and it was reported by Reuters that German-based uh, news outlet, uh Swedish reporter who had four well, anonymous sources in the Trudeau government suggesting today would be election day, or today the election would be would be called so we'll uh, we'll spend about the necessary 15 seconds to say that Nova Scotia is voting on Tuesday. And it looks like Louis, you're going to be shocked. A minor, an opportunist minority government is about to become a majority. Wow. Yeah, shocking, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm. I mean, we. I. I when when was it that, that I predicted that the the uh, election would be in around September 20th or September? I think I said somewhere in that September 20th area. Anyway. Um, yeah, you think, said
0: later September. So, yeah, I think I
1: think I said that like a month or two ago. And yeah. um, damn it, I hate being right. Um, I, uh, I this this election, I can tell you in BC because we got bigger problems uh, facing us right now. Nobody here uh, is very happy about this. I mean, even even people that don't like Justin Trudeau. And want Justin Trudeau gone. Um, even they are like we're an election right now. For we got huge problems that we're facing with the forest fires and and such, and um, and the drought that we've got going on here. And uh, and so even people who like Justin Trudeau are going like they're they're like they're mad. They they don't even think they're going to vote for him. From people that I've heard. Um, in fact, a lot of Liberal voters seem to be saying that they're just not going to vote, period. And uh, and I think that that's something that uh, Trudeau is overlooking. I think his ego is uh, a little too big, and he thinks that people are going to come out in droves and vote for him. I don't know that that's going to happen, to be honest. Um, I still think he's going to win. If he does, I will write the damn referendum quote. On Western separation, um, I am done with Ontario and Quebec. Okay, let me rephrase that. I am done with Toronto and southern Ontario dictating to the rest of the country how we should live. Uh, I'm I'm done with Montreal and and uh, and and Halifax dictating to the rest of the country how we should live. I mean. It does not make sense to me that um, that we should be a part of this country anymore if uh, Southern Ontario and Montreal decide that they're quite happy with the most corrupt government in the history of this country continuing to run this country.
0: I'm done. Well, and I, I have a funny feeling that you're right. That's exactly what's going to happen. And I had said before when we had a couple of other election predictions earlier, get used to Justin Trudeau. And I uh, I don't want Justin Trudeau to win this next election. I believe he's going to. I believe he's going to get a minority. And but what you said is actually really important, It's very key, that there are a lot of people who are normally liberal support who agree with you, to, you know, why are we having an election right now? And I wonder if through, there's maybe a vote. Aaron O'Toole is going hard on this still, that uh, this is an election nobody wants. And I chastised him, not on the show, but just, uh, with my circle of friends, that uh, maybe he should be talking about actual issues, but maybe they've caught on to something. Maybe they know there's an under underlying sentiment that uh, is stronger than we think.
1: Well, and and it really irritates me that we've got Justin Trudeau, we've got his senior ministers, we've even got Jody Wilson-Raybould, who isn't even part of the Liberal Party anymore because Justin Trudeau kicked her out, and she's parroting what the government is saying that the House of Commons is uh, is unworkable, that they, that nothing gets done, um, it's it's there's. Uh, It's become uh, divided and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, um, if nothing can get done, how is it that every single piece of legislation that the liberals put in
0: there gets passed? Well, exactly, and Jagmeet Singh has basically begged Justin Trudeau not to call an election, and he can't help. Oh, it everything's working; we're, we're doing just fine, uh, and our party doesn't have the kind of money we want. So, uh, yeah, hey, come on, let's just keep on voting for whatever you want. Like uh, the guy's an bit tool, for like. Well, yeah, he's totally a tool, but
1: but uh, I mean, Jagmeet Singh knows something that the rest of us don't, and that, or well, he knows something that you and I know. And many other uh, political pundits in this country know where, uh, but the general public doesn't seem to know is that NDP support traditionally sits at around seventeen or eighteen percent. But when it comes time for the vote, they usually get between ten and twelve percent. The NDP support does not translate into votes, Um, and so 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 Jagmeet Singh knows that. He knows that the support isn't actual voter support it's ideological support but when it comes to actually voting they don't vote that way when they get into the voting booth they go you know what they don't have a shot in hell of becoming uh a government anyway so i'm going to vote for the liberals um Jagmeet singh knows that that his seat count is likely going to drop he uh he also knows that um he is uh Propping up the the Liberal government, he he has a lot of power in the Liberal government right now because if he doesn't, if, if the Liberals don't placate, uh, Jagmeet Singh, then that then that uh, legislation doesn't pass. Um, so they they do everything they can to to make Jagmeet Singh happy with their legislation, and it gets passed every single time. So I don't understand why J- Jody Wilson-Raybould is even parroting all this BS from the federal government because it's just not true. I mean, this government is working. It is passing legislation. It is. You know, it might not be what we want, but for a governing party, it's working for them. So why would they be having an election right now? Because he doesn't have a chance at a a majority government at the moment. So I, I really don't understand why he would go through all this just to get another minority.
0: Well, and I think that's what he's going to get. And well, I guess we can wrap it up on this one. I had a, a really good laugh at Daryl Bricker, who is the uh, CEO of Ipsos Polling. And Mr. Bricker was on, I think he was on with Roy Green. And he was suggesting that, well, number one, in the, he said, hello, Captain Obvious moment. Well, Justin Trudeau is going to have to win all the seats he won last time and then some to get a majority. Wow. Thank you. Oh. Then, yeah. But then he also said, and I laughed out loud that, well, you know, and there, there's a couple of seats, you know, in, in, uh, in, Edmonton and Calgary that could be in play for the liberals. It's going to be an interesting election. And I just thought, are you, are you really this dumb, or, or are you just trying to get people to listen to the right show? There is not a chance even in, you know, Edmonton where, uh, you know, voters are a little more left wing. There's not a chance there's going to be a liberal seat in Edmonton or Calgary. I, I'm sure that the NDP will be reelected in Edmonton, Strathcona, because that's where the University of Alberta is. But good luck getting a liberal in Alberta.
1: Yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But I no. mean, it's it's. Um, I I but here's a here's a prediction I'm going to make. I'm going to make a prediction that if Justin Trudeau. Um, if Justin Trudeau only gets another minority, uh, he's done, he, he's going to have to resign, um, might not be immediately, but he will resign, uh, because he's proving that he's not electable. Um, and, uh, and I think the party will, will push him out if he doesn't want to go.
0: I think you're right, and I think even his ego would probably push him out anyway. I think if and I believe he's going to win a minority. I don't think that Justin Trudeau is going to win a majority, and I think that his ego will be so deflated by this minority victory that he will probably be quite willing to step down. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I do like, and we've talked about this before that like he he's not even a serious prime minister. He doesn't want to be there. He, this isn't the job he wants. He wants a job at the UN. And and being the prime minister of Canada is what is setting him up to get a job at the UN, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want this job. And I mean, we've seen we've seen reports from the parliamentary budget officer. We've seen reports from the uh, uh, from the uh, auditor general, um, where the auditor general actually said there's no one in charge. Like. <laughs> There's like that is a that's an actual quote from the auditor general report from earlier this year. There is no one in charge.
0: Oh my gosh! So oh. I mean,
1: I mean, this is this is a guy who doesn't even want to be prime minister.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's a great place to wrap it up, Canada. Let's get rid of this guy. <laughs> doesn't want to be prime minister anyway um by the time well i would say but b- right now but soon after we publish this show the election will be on so let's give let's give justin his wish he doesn't want to be prime minister let's get him out of there yep
1: i agree with you let's let's uh let's let's give him
0: that wish and let's make it come true Amen. All right, Canada. Thank you for hanging in with us, and you know on the next show, we'll be talking more until then. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good day. Good day, and stay safe out there. and Tony.